The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. If you are dealing with serious addiction to opiates, heroin, or something else, you know what a toll it takes on your life and the lives of those you love and who love you. This is A Man in Recovery Radio, from dope to hope. You'll hear from host Tim Ryan about his long journey from a winning life to losing nearly everything he had, including his 20-year-old son. All from addiction. Now, Tim has a purpose to educate others about the devastating effects of addiction and how if you are one of the millions of people who have lives that have been affected, you can turn things around today. Now, here is Tim Ryan. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Welcome to Man in Recovery Radio, taking people from dope to hope. This is Tim Ryan, your host, grateful recovering alcoholic and drug addict. Uh, What we're going to do is share a little bit about what our show is all about and sitting on the line. We also have a dear friend of mine, another brother warrior in recovery, Mr. Brandon Novak. What's up, Novak? How you doing, Mr. Timothy Ryan? How are you today? You know, I'm sitting here just astounded that God has taken both of us uh, on a crazy journey. We'll we'll talk about both of those things. But, uh, you know, we're both sitting here sober today, able to offer uh, a little bit of hope. And if this radio show helps one person every time we do it, that's what it's all about, right? I, I couldn't agree more, man. Statistics state, statistics meaning facts, state that you and I, should either be in two positions right now, high or dead. And the fact that we're not, that is nothing short of miraculous. Yeah, you know, and people can read my profile online, but, you know, my quick backstory: I, I'm the kid that was outgoing, loving, caring, but I'm also the kid that struggled with learning disabilities, ADD, dyslexia. In high school, I was in all the the slow classes, and where I fit in was, you know, getting into alcohol heavy at uh, at 14, experiment with cocaine at 15, and then Pandora's box opened, and at 21, I went to treatment, and I can remember being in treatment, Novak, and this guy came in and spoke, and he said, you know, one of you will be sober in a year, and there was 38 of us as clients, and I said, man, what are you talking about? There's 38 of us. He said, kid, listen to me. One of you will be sober. And I said, what do I do? He said, don't drink and go to meetings. And that's what I did. But, you know, today I live a life of recovery through a 12-step based program. But I never got a sponsor. I never worked the steps and, w- and, and was in and out, in and out for years. And then uh, a little over a year clean and sober, uh, 32 years old, I, I tried heroin for the first time. And that just took me down a road uh, that we both know, that we both know very well, and ultimately took me to the Illinois Department of Corrections twice. Novak, you got to quit moving around. You're making a bunch of noise, brother. I'm sitting uh, still. I haven't moved once. That's you it's a bird. It's a birds flying around, right? Maybe. Are you I'm out of the house? 
No, sit out on your balcony out in uh, in Philadelphia looking over the beautiful city. It's nice to be sitting on the roof looking over a city than sitting in a trap house shooting heroin, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, for years, for the better part of 24 years, I was consumed by the city. It chewed me up and spit me out on a daily basis, day in and day out. I couldn't keep a needle out of my arm, man. A quick resume about me real quick to sum it up. It, at 16, I was a professional skateboarder. The sky was the limit, man, literally. Uh, and I started experimenting with drugs and alcohol. And I felt that I was, like, uh, internally unique. This thing could never happen to me. The junkie is the guy under the bridge with the needle on his arm and the brown paper bag in his hand. And I felt like I was immortal. And I was finally opposed with the opposition. To, from Tony Hawk, my mentor, he said, look, Brandon, we have one of two options with you. We can put you into treatment, we can save your life, you can continue on to be a professional skateboarder, or you can uh, quit the team. And I didn't have a breath of fresh air in my lungs when I said I quit, because, you know, when I started using drugs, man, it consumed my every fiber of being, and, and, and any of my goals, dreams, and aspirations, I, I no longer wanted them because I had to be responsible, reliable, and dependable. And those things don't work well with me when I'm getting high. So I, I quit the team. I, I went out. I shot dope full time. And then I, I went to my first treatment center. My girlfriend and my mother gave me a proposition to go to treatment. I thought about it for a second. I had the time. And I was going to go to this rehab. And I was going to report back to them why I was not uh, like those people. I, I was just in a bad situation in a bad way on a bad day. Uh, but the first thing that happened was when I was in that rehab, I went to a meeting. And that very first meeting I went to, a guy told me, he said, if you're in this meeting, uh, consider your drinking and drugging career fucked. And I said, what are you talking about? He said, because now you know some things. And if you choose to go back out, it's not going to quite sit so well. Uh, and, and I did just that. I went back out, and I did not enjoy it. It, it. it became less more entertaining to me because I knew that there was a better way provided. I followed a few simple suggestions that they provided to me. And, and I would go in and out. And I was really good at building things up, and then I end up in these movies called Jackass. These movies break box office records. Uh, I'm traveling the world. Uh, I'm living in different countries, different states, touring nonstop. And, and but, I, but a common theme in my life is I find myself with myself, by myself, fine to myself. Because what I'm starting to realize now is that I lack the ability to accept personal responsibility. It's always her fault, uh, the country's fault the drug dealer's fault, my mother's fault, my father's fault, so on and so forth. And, uh, you know, once again, they say it's real hard to shoot a bag of dope when it's cut with N.A. It's real hard to drink a glass of wine when it's cut with A.A. Absolutely. Uh, so I'm in and out, I'm in and out. And then I, and then I write this book, man, a New York Times seller, uh, 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 an autobiography addiction memoir. And I'm receiving hundreds of thousands of pieces of mail from all over the world of people telling me how I saved their lives, how... They read my book, and thanks to my book, now they have 30 days because they didn't want their story to get as bad as mine. Uh, a father read my book and said, you know, now I understand why my daughter picks a needle over coming to spend the weekend with me. It's a disease. And, and I can't understand why I'm saving people's lives, but I can't keep a needle out of mine. And at the end of my run, in theory and on paper, a very successful individual, at the age of 35, my worldly possessions consisted of eight scarves, two jackets, three socks, and a stick of deodorant, which fit into a bag that was my pillow. And it was at that point in time that I finally received that gift of desperation. And I was so low that the curb of a skyscraper 
and, and I wanted to kill myself, but I didn't want to hurt myself in the process. So I had no other option but to go to treatment for the 13th time and completely sell out to the program. And that allowed me to stop attending Brandon's Anonymous. Brandon stopped sponsoring Brandon. And Brandon stopped being Brandon's God, which essentially led to me getting out of my own way. And lo and behold, uh, I, I excelled at a rapid pace. Because the reason why I hated it before is because it's real simple. It was never my idea. You know what I mean? I totally understand that. You know, and you just had celebrated a year and a half clean and sober, right, Novak? Yeah, yeah. I mean, you're talking to a junkie who could not keep a needle out of his arm for 20 years, who could not keep a bottle of wine or a line of Coke out of his mouth for 24 years. My mother had bought me a plot. People had taken life insurance policies out on me. I was on life support for seven days. I was No one was betting on Novak to get sober, man. I can assure you that. So a lot of people that reach out to me today, as do with you and I, you know, me and you are really close friends, they say, Novak, Tim, if you can get sober, there's no reason why I can't. Can you help me? And, you know, Novak, prior to us starting this radio show, I received an email from a father on Friday saying, you know, without Brandon Novak, my child would not be in treatment and would not be alive today. I'm indebted to the man. And and I get messages like that a lot. No, you saved my life. And no, all I do is guide and direct Pragya to, to take that little second window where I can convince them to get into treatment, whether they have no insurance, state insurance, good insurance, and do what we can do to get the people on the road to recovery I mean, Brandon, you were in town last Friday when I when I spoke at the TEDx Naperville conference and in the text you sent me, you know, I'm actually going to I'm going to share it on the radio here because God put you into my life um, for a reason. And, and, you know, like you said, we're, we're two hopeless dope addicts that should have never made it. And we have. And this is the text I received prior to me going on to speak. Hey, brother, I'm here. I was so proud of you. I'm hoping to see you beforehand, but I wasn't able to. Please take a second to thank God and ask him to use you as a vessel to let his will be done, not yours. I'm so honored to be here and able to call you my friend. I love you. Your son's death brought you right here, right now, about to take part in something monumental. He is, I am God is all. So proud of you, my dear friend. I love you, Novak. And and you know, Brandon, when... When I walked out of prison 13 and a half months sober, and, and when I was in Sheridan Correctional Center, I had overdosed while driving, hit two cars, and almost killed four people. And when I walked into prison, I weighed 158 pounds. I'm six foot one. I, I was on death's door. I vomited and, and shit myself for, for two weeks straight on end. Novak, what are you doing? All that wind noise. I, I, I'm trying to hear you. It might be the wind. I don't know. All right, maybe you should go inside. Might be a good concept. But anyhow, you know, in prison, I I had to humble myself. And and my wife divorced me after 18 years together and 16 years of marriage. Our our beautiful house was lost in foreclosure. I displaced my family, all due to me and my selfish ways. And when I walked out of prison, I started setting up a man in recovery foundation. I started these support groups and I started helping people. And then on my 21 month sobriety date, my my wonderful 20 year old son, Nicholas, succumbed to a heroin overdose. And I'm telling you, when Shannon and I got to that emergency room 
and, and that chaplain walked out, I knew the cards were up. But for me, my next thought was, man, I'm going to be at a meeting tonight. I need to be in. And I couldn't save my own son. Unfortunately, I'm the guy that helped kill my own son. I set the road for Nick to follow me. I wasn't a father. I was a friend of my son. And even though when I got out of prison, Shannon and I were, were the ones trying to help him, he couldn't help himself. And since Nick passed away uh, August 1st, 2014, you know, I've attended 98 funerals, Novak. I mean, every day we're hearing about people passing away. What are that's your the thing. It's, it's, it's not getting any better out there for anybody. You know, no, it, it, it's I, every time I, I talk to somebody and I'm trying to work with somebody and they go back out and they use, I ask them the same question every time they come back. I say, was it enjoyable? Was it fun? Because I'm curious, is there a right way to do this? Did I miss out on doing it the proper way? And they come back and they always ask the same three questions. Can you get me into rehab? Can you get me into a recovery house or can you lend me some bail money? I never hear, oh, it's so much fun out there. I, I just came back to say hey to you and see how you're doing for a minute. I can't wait to get back to the streets. I never hear that. Hey, hey, Novak, what did your mother say when she went to the church and, and spoke with the pastor of the church? You know, at the, at the end of my run, after 24 years of active addiction, she had exhausted all opportunities, options, and resources to help save me. She had bought houses. She had sold houses. She had, she had, you know, she had drained her bank accounts numerous times for different treatment centers. And I watched the interview she did some time back, and she used to pray not to get that phone call. In this interview, she's telling the guy that's interviewing her. She said, I used to pray not to get that phone call. I pray not to get that call. And then at the end, she started to pray for that phone call, saying that I was found dead just so she could have a peace of mind. And, and then when that wasn't enough and I continued on my path of destruction with drugs and alcohol, finally, at the end, when she had nothing else to give physically or mentally, all she could do was go to God with one simple prayer. God, please cure him, kill him, or kill me, because I can't do anything. I have nothing left to give. And she told the pastor of her church that, and the pastor looked at her mother and said, don't you ever dare ask God to do that. God has a plan for your son, and you nor I have no idea what it is. You know, and this is the guy that, like I said, I was a professional skateboarder. I'm a New York Times top 10 selling author. I've been in movies that break box office records, and because I can't get out of my way and, and give a new way a shot, I'm now, at this point in time, in Baltimore City on the corner selling my ass for $40, man. And I did not want to do that, but I didn't know how to not do that. Yeah, it's uh, it, it's heart wrenching. The, the the poor things I put my mom, my you know my I can remember at fourteen years old I was in my little punk rock stage and I was mouthing off to my dad and he said one day you little prick you're gonna realize maybe not me but your mother will be the best friend you have and I'll tell you what without my mom and and her support and unconditional love you know I don't know if I'd be where I'm at and if you're listening ma I love you more than anything I love you dad. And, and just bless, you know, the people. I got a buddy, Eric Kluke, that just stuck by my side, you know. So it's uh, it's breathtaking, the people that always stuck in our corner, you know. But it, I, I would manipulate my mom. And I didn't learn this until she came to visit me and came to visit me in prison. And maybe we're having a phone call. And I said, Mom, why, when I would call you, 
and say, I need money. She said, Tim, because I, I knew you were going to get heroin, but I knew you were also so desperate you were planning to do something else. And I had the, a bank yeah. in down, downtown Aurora staked out. I was going in guns ablaze, and I was going to rob that bitch. But that's where this disease takes you. This is the only disease that will tell you I'm fucking cured. I'm cured, yeah. and I'm not cured. And And for me... I still go to four meetings a week. I, I talk to my sponsor. I work with him. I sponsor other people. This is a gift that I never in a million years could have ever fathomed. You know, both you and I now, I, I'm the chief marketing officer for Banyan Treatment Center. You're a national outreach director. We're getting people into treatment. We're speaking all over the country. We're doing a radio show. We got so many neat things coming but I will keep my butt humbled to realize all this can be taken away with one drink or one one shot of dope. Wouldn't you say, Novak? Yeah. Uh, we're, we're one bad decision away. From, I mean, I know I am and you as well. I'm one bad decision away from me being buried in that plot my mother four years ago. My mother bought me four years ago. And I think what you just said, that that's why we're so instrumental in the role that we play is because when people call us, like you said, people never gave up on us. People saw in us what we did not see in ourselves, and 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 people prayed for us. They they answered our calls. They took us to meetings. They helped us get the treatment, and, and we remember that. And you and I have been around the block enough times to know the moment we forget where we come from, we're destined to return. So therefore, when somebody calls me. Uh, with, with no insurance, same with you, with no insurance, uh, no homeless, no ways, means, and, and, and they, don't, they don't know where to go. There's no light at the end of that tunnel. Uh, I look at them, as so do you, with empathy and compassion as opposed to anger and disgust because I've been there. You've been that, there. That you, was you, me you and you. that street very well. And how dare us turn our back on them because no one ever did it to us. If somebody didn't answer my fucking phone call that night when I was done and truly done, I probably wouldn't be sitting here right now. You know what I mean? So, like, I, I mean, the fuck are we not to turn around and pay it forward? And the I, cool I'm, thing with us, Tim, is that, you know, you had the office in the regular building. You were making millions of dollars prior to sobriety. I had that money. I had the, I had the things that people equate to happiness and success. Well before sobriety, I had the house, I had the woman, I had the bank account. Money wasn't an issue. I was financially set. And uh, I had those things, those external things, as did you. And we know firsthand experience, not theories or hypotheses because people told us, but because we've lived it, we had it, we know it, that they do not bring us happiness. So when you take two fellows like that who, who, who literally had everything, uh, we had the world by the balls and still had never been so lonely, heartbroken, uh, right. sad. Uh, that we know now, I know for myself, I'm, I believe I'm speaking for you, when I got sober this time, I, the only thing I knew is I didn't want to feel how I Novak, felt. Novak, 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 hold that thought. We're going to be going to a break. We'll be back in a few minutes. This is Tim Ryan and Brandon Novak on A Man in Recovery Radio from Dope to Hope.
Now there's a new destination for video content. VoiceAmerica.tv. Just like our radio channels and so much more. Voice America Variety, Health and Wellness, Business, Sports, Green Talk, Power Up Motorsports, and 7th Wave Network now have their own video channel components. Plus, check out exclusive programming, including movies, music, educational courses, science and history, current events, and short features. High-definition, premier-quality programs available 24-7. VoiceAmerica.tv. If you think you've seen online TV like this before, let us surprise you. The largest syndicated alternative health talk program has come to the Voice America Network. The Dr. Bob Martin Show is the program that will answer your health questions and help you to heal your own body of many different ailments. Each week, you'll hear the answers that Dr. Bob gives to his callers that help them to be their own doctor most of the time. We'll also discuss developments on the health care front and what you need to do to keep your body in top form. The Dr. Bob Martin Show airs Wednesday mornings at 9 a.m. Eastern, 6 a.m. Pacific on Voice America Health and Wellness. You are listening to A Man in Recovery Radio, From Dope to Hope, featuring host Tim Ryan. To reach Tim by mail, please use tryan at amirf.org. That's tryan at amirf.org. Now, back to A Man in Recovery Radio. Yeah, we're back live. Tim Ryan, Man of Recovery Radio, taking people from dope to hope with my dear friend and guest, Brandon Novak. Um, If you do want to call in, you can reach us at 866-472-5719. We'll try to get to a few calls, too. But, hey, Novak, I want to talk to you. When you were writing your book, Dream Seller, you were under the influence, weren't you? I was what? You were high. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I was uh, I was drinking loads of wine and, and sniffing a, a significant amount of cocaine. So you wrote a book, totally under the influence, that is helping transform hundreds of thousands of lives. Now, t- talk to us about your book. What uh, what's going to be happening with that in March? Uh, well, so the first book is titled Dream Seller, uh, S-E-L-L-E-R. And I wrote it. What happened was I moved up to my best friend, Dan Mudger's house. I was living with him, and he knew that I was in Baltimore, strung out on heroin. And uh, he said, look, if you move up to Westchester, if you want, I'll help you get your life back together. He started skating again at the time. He had the TV show called Viva La Bam. So I could live with him. I, I said, uh... Uh, be on the show, get paid, blah, blah, blah. So I'm doing that, and, and when I'm living up there, I'm not going, I'm out of Baltimore, so that's a big deal. And I'm not rushing back to Baltimore to get heroin. But these guys don't understand the disease of addiction. So they're up there, you know, they're, they're drinking, they're doing a little blow here and there. And, and, and it was, they thought that it would be okay for me to do that because when I'm doing that, I'm not stealing their car, I'm not taking their wallets, I'm not stealing checks. Uh, I'm not pawning things. So they didn't really see an issue in that. Uh, nor did I, because it was uh, acceptable. It was socially acceptable. It wasn't me sticking a needle in my arm. So people said, oh, here he goes again. So what, we would go out for dinner after we filmed some Beaver with Band shows, the cast and the crew, and it'd be a table of 40 or 50 people. And Band was always intrigued with my heroin stories, the places that it led me, the situations that got me into uh, and these crazy predicaments. So I would tell these stories. He'd want me to tell these stories on dinner. And you can literally hear a pin drop. And this is in a loud bar kind of setting. So finally he said, I said, Novak, I got an idea. You're going to write a book. 
I said, I don't know how to fucking write a book. I didn't graduate high school at this point. And he said, uh, new rules. You can live in my house. You can be on the show. You get paid. You can have a car. You can have a credit card. But I must see you with a pen and paper in your hand at all times. The minute I don't see you with a pen and paper in your hand, even if you're not writing, just carrying it around, you're getting sent back to Baltimore. Everything's gone. You get none of this stuff. I said, all right. Uh, I had no idea how to write a book. I, I talked to you, which is now my co-author, a man by the name of Joe Franz. And he said, look, books are generally written in 12 chapters. Uh, so I, I started with my last day using, did something I swore I would never do to get money for heroin. Uh, and then I, it takes me into rehab where I meet my counselor and he, he kind of takes me back down memory lane from the age of 14 on and the book, it, my story goes through and the, it ends, the ending of the book is the day I get out of treatment, something that it, it kind of leaves with a question mark, if I will or will not stay clean. So the book does, it is, my co-author changed 12 chapters into 22 chapters, did really well, uh, and then I continued to use for a lot of years. And, and I just couldn't understand why I could help all these people, but I couldn't help myself. And what I come to realize now is that it would be, it was because I had been in and out of so many treatments and I had learned some things. And like I told you, once I went to my first meeting at treatment center, my drinking and drug career was kind of fucked. So, uh, so now finally I, I got myself together for the first time in 24 years, uh, a little bit too much sober. And, uh, what we did was we added a, a new chap, uh, a new cover, two bonus chapters, and a new ending. That book is being re-released March 27, 2017. You can pre-order it now on Amazon. And then it is going to be followed by two additional books. So it's going to be a trilogy set that's coming out. Now, and I want to reiterate, you know, you're not out here putting these books out trying to make millions of dollars, are you? No, I, I really... the. You know what? Honestly, the money is not the factor to me at all. It really isn't. Uh, what the, honestly the, the moving factor in my whole deal with the book was I wanted to be a published author because the, the thing that I've always wanted to do was make my mother proud. And I have a, an attorney brother who is an attorney in the White House. He does pensions and benefits. My mother was a nuclear physicist. Yeah, I was. I, I, I was. Uh, I, I was successful in my own right. But from a, a weird kind of thing, from kind of just being a pro skater to this guy who didn't give a fuck about much. And I wanted to do something that really made my mother feel like my son did it. So I wrote this book and I said, you know what? Even the most scholarly of people, their dream is to have a book published. And that's why I, I pushed to have it published. And lo and behold, it got published. And now, yeah. like I was saying before we had to cut the break, we had had those external things, and we had the money, the bank accounts, yep. the cars, the women, the houses, and we were never so lonely at our point in time in life. Now that we're sober, we're, from knowing that those things don't bring happiness, I know what I believe makes my God the happiest is when I can help one of his children that are deemed unhelpable or unfixable like I was for 24 years. That's what makes me the happiest. A amen. You know, Novak, since... You know, I've had a lot of cool things happen, and you know, I was uh, a guest at the State of the Union. I'm I'm in uh, got a, a reality-based TV show coming out on on a major cable network. I just read my manuscript for my book uh, last night, and when I got done reading that, uh, I cried. I had to go out and chain smoke because, man, I was a piece of shit. I was a liar, a cheat, a thief, a manipulator. 
an insecure man that that had the boats and had this and had that and, and was the loneliest person in the world. Even, you know, with with my wife and four kids, I didn't know how to do any of that. But reading through all the things in this book that's going to be out in the next few months, it's, you know, called A Man in Recovery from Dope to Hope. If it helps a couple people, that's all I care about. And if if I can make some money on it, I can put it into a Man in Recovery Foundation to help some more people get into treatment and and just give back. You know, after our son Nick died, about two weeks later, Shannon, my former wife, and I were having lunch, and, and she looked at me and said, Tim, for once in my life, I'm behind you a thousand percent. She said, I want you to go out and do everything you're doing. See, when I met Shannon, Nick was three, and I adopted him, and we had Max, Tanner, and Abby, and by the grace of God, I, I now have little Mackenzie, who's 14 months old, but Shannon said, Tim, I truly believe God put Nick and I in your life for a reason, and had you go through all your struggles, and had Nick go through his, to unfortunately have him pass on to set the stage for what you're going to do next. Brandon, this whole past 30 years of active addiction for me was my training ground and your training ground for us to come together to do what we're doing, you know. Um, When we were in Clinton, Illinois, speaking in that high school last week, in in the junior high school, I mean, to, to sit there afterwards and have kids coming up and asking for autographs and pictures, that's really cool. But then when they start calling up through Facebook or calling my cell phone saying, hey, I need help. My brother's an alcoholic. My dad's an alcoholic, a drug addict, whatever. That's what our mission is, is is to give back hope. You know what I mean? And that's the thing. You know, some people might be listening and like, wow, that's that's a gnarly story. Like, I I want no part or, or I hope I'm not that bad. The cool thing is, is what this is, it's a cautionary tale. And, and if, you, if you're headed down the road we were headed down or, or you're in the position that we both once were, it's totally cool, man, because there's a solution to it. We know how to help get you up and out of the situation that you might be in because the reality is, is I sat where you sit, I felt how you think, and I felt how you feel. And I know what it's like to be in a position where there's just no light at the end of that tunnel. You know, I, I know it. I know it. You know, so, so depending upon one's perception, it's really a blessing that I went through what I went through for the better part of 24 years. Same with you, Tim, because now, fortunately or unfortunately, once again, depending upon your perception, people are going to be calling that are going to be in that position. And what better people to help get them out of that than us? You know, and that's what I want people to know that are listening out there. We do a couple different things, Brandon. We we both work for Banyan Treatment Center, and, and we could work for any drug treatment center in the United States of America. When I was actually at a, a different place for two months prior to joining Banyan, but once I met Joe Tuttle, the owner, um, he's one of the sharpest businessmen I've ever met. He's not in recovery. He doesn't have a substance abuse issue, but I've never seen a person with more of a caring heart than Joe and, you know, now we have a, a state-of-the-art facility in Pompano Beach. We have a state-of-the-art detox in Stewart. We have a, a facility in Naperville, Illinois. We have a facility outside of Boston that our partner, Matt Gannam's running. But, you know, if someone has good insurance, uh, a PPO policy, we can keep them in treatment for a minimum of 90 days. Most of the treatment, at least where I am outside of Chicago, is three to four weeks. 
Someone that's been ripping and running for two, five, 10, 20 years, three to four weeks of treatment isn't anything, you know? So we have that's that. That's putting but a that, Band-Aid on a gunshot wound. Absolutely, and it doesn't work. You might as well just put the gun in your mouth and pull the trigger because it's just blood shooting out everywhere, and it doesn't have to be that way. And people are like, it oh, doesn't. Tim... People like, well, Tim, you're loud and you're in people's face. I wish to God when I was 21 sitting in that drug treatment center, they didn't do it all kumbaya. Someone was in my face and said, look, kid, you got the opportunity to live a wonderful life. You're 21 years old getting sober, but here's what you better do to do it. Otherwise, you're going to struggle for the next 30 years. And I'm one of the lucky ones. I've overdosed eight times. I've been clinically uh, dead three times. I shouldn't be sitting here talking to you, nor should you. You're the guy that was on life support and realized you had heroin in your clothes and ripped all the tubes out and went and shot more dope. That's what addicts do. I mean, I was medevac to the hospital on four different occasions when I overdosed. I've lost count of how many times I've overdosed and been brought back with Narcan. I've completely lost count of that. Um, But but the thing is, is like, same with with this whole story you just gave me. Same like I can I can mirror that. Which you know, I I was approached by several different people to to kind of join the organizations, and it's very used car salesman like. And and when I got a chance to tour the Banyan facility, I went down there. And they asked me to come speak to the clients. And, they, and the clients had no idea I was coming. It was a surprise, per se. And I go in there and I share. And this made so much of a difference in my life. When I was done sharing, this fellow put his hand up in the bag and he said, Novak, I hope you don't take this personal. But me and two of my buddies, literally two, about two weeks before I came into this treatment center, were talking about you. And we said that you were nothing but a junk box and you'll never be anything but a junk box. And to see you here today sharing a message of hope, freedom, and recovery does more to me than you will ever know. And that right there hit me because I said, you know what? Uh, God forbid one day when this whole sobriety recovery thing just seems too overwhelming and this fellow wants to throw the challenge, he can reflect on that guy the day that he was shooting some dope and said, that guy Novak is nothing but a junkie. He'll never be anything but a junkie. And then I'm in there sharing a message of recovery and hope. And while I was in that treatment center touring the facility in Pompano Beach at Banyan, I was, I would be talking to some uh, employees and I would look over and there'd be eight to 10 to 15 uh, uh, doctors, uh, techs, uh, therapists, you name it, surrounding one guy or girl. And I said, what's going on there? Uh, even to the director at one point was surrounding some people. And I said, what's going on there? They said, it's intervention. I said, what do you mean an intervention? They're already in treatment. They said, no, they're, they're thinking about leaving and we're having an intervention to try to get them to stay. And I said, wow, that's one of the coolest things I've ever seen because I had that problem for many years. I'd make decisions off of impulse all day long. And 99.9% of the time when I would make that decision off impulse, I always regretted it, especially when, I, when, the, when the Jones started coming back, when I was freshly out of detox, new into a treatment center, and all of a sudden I wanted to get high. I thought I wanted to get high. I'd leave getting high. And then I'd say, why the fuck did I leave that treatment center? Such a pivotal point to make that horrible decision in my life. And if people like the people that I saw at Banyan would have surrounded me in whatever treatment center I was in and said, look, I don't have to be that way. Just hang out with me. Just go smoke a cigarette. Let's go have a cup of coffee, a cup of tea. The feelings pass. The feelings are facts. And then I, I wouldn't find myself homeless on the streets of Baltimore City selling my body. You know what I mean? All because I want to make that split decision. 
Hey, Novak, I think we're going to dial in. If, if you can throw Eric on the line, throw Eric on the line. Let's see if they connect in Eric. Hey, Eric. Oh, yeah. Er- okay, so Novak, this is one of my dear friends, Eric Kaluki, who I've known my entire life. And I'm going to share a story. I can. Uh, Eric's parents traveled a lot. And uh, we were at Eric's house, and we are probably 16. And we, I had cocaine because I always had cocaine. And I remember Eric said, well, I'll try a little bit. And he did a little line and he said, I will, I will never do this again. I said, why? He said, because I like it too much. And we're going camping the next day. And Eric goes to bed and wakes up the next morning. And me and my other buddy, Matt, are sitting at Eric's dad's bar, still snorting cocaine, two-fifths of Jack Daniels killed or whatever we drank. And Eric just shaking his head in disbelief saying, Tim, you're going to die. Eric, what was it like being a friend with me growing up? Oh, boy. <laughs> yeah, man. It's, you were like Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. I mean, you were, in, in many cases, the greatest person to be around. But then a lot of times you were just so difficult. And, I mean, it, it was unbelievable, Tim, how you, you know, you treated your family, your friends, um, but I knew the good Tim, so that's why I always thought, you know, there was some hope for you. And I can't believe you're here today. <laughs> but <laughs> four, four years clean and sober at that, too. Yep. It's incredible. What do you think, Novak? You know, it, it just really, like he was saying, that Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde, uh, the people that God will thank God that they don't understand what we're talking about because I wouldn't wish this on my worst enemy. It's like you said in the beginning, Tim, this disease, uh, a fatal disease, which is alcoholism or addiction, is the only disease that tells us we don't have a disease. The doctor diagnoses me with HIV, <laughs> fatal disease. I'm going to the hospital because I want medication. I don't want to die. Doctor diagnoses me with cancer. I'm going, fatal disease. I'm going to the hospital to get chemo because I don't want to die. The doctor diagnosed me with with, with a addiction or alcoholism, fatal disease. I need to sniff a bag of dope or have a glass of wine to figure out what the fuck is wrong with you for diagnosing me with such a disease. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's it's hey. fucking crazy. And and you know, Eric, why I got you on the line? I just want to thank you. You know, I love you like a brother. And you were one of the only people that always stuck by me. Through thick or thin, good or bad, you always stuck by me. If you got time to hang on the line, hang on the line. We're going to take another quick break here, and we will be back with Brandon Novak and my friend Eric Kaluki. Taking a break right now. As we age, our health can decline. For some, it's a slow, even process, while for others, it can happen at a much faster rate. The health decline can start in people as young as their 30s. Did you know a lot of age-related diseases can be prevented, reversed, or eliminated? It's true. You'll find out more every week on Healthy Aging with Dr. Denise Bogard. Tune in every Wednesday at 7 a.m. Pacific Time and 10 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health & Wellness Channel. It's your life. Keep it going well. 
What sets apart VoiceAmerica.tv from the other video content providers on the Internet? Choice and flexibility means that you can host your video content live or on demand on the main VoiceAmerica.tv channels through your own branded media player or your own private TV channel. We support multiple media formats, so all of your video content can be in one place. We offer a number of advertising and video packages. For more information, visit VoiceAmerica.tv. If you think you've seen online TV like this before, let us surprise you. You are listening to A Man in Recovery Radio, from dope to hope, featuring host Tim Ryan. To reach Tim by mail, please use tryan at amirf.org. That's tryan at amirf.org. Now, back to A Man in Recovery Radio. Welcome back, Man in Recovery Radio, taking people from dope to hope. Help one addict at a time. This is Tim Ryan, your host, with my special guest, Brandon Novak, and my lifelong friend, Eric Kaluki. How are we doing, guys? Doing well. Absolutely fucking phenomenal. I, I am doing phenomenal, too, you know. And, uh, you know, when I first went to treatment, Novak, at 21, I had my passport. Eric was playing pro hockey over in Austria. He was playing from, for Team Austria. He lived in this beautiful town called Zellam Bay, and I was supposed to be moving over there. And uh, we had his buddy Scott Bridges in town this weekend from Minnesota uh, for his son's co- hockey tournament. And, and Scott even said, Tim, if you would have moved over there, I don't think me and you would have made it back. Um, <laughs> and I chose I chose to go to treatment, but I remember when I was in treatment, you know, I think outside of my mom and dad, I had two people come to visit me, and Eric called me from Austria. Um, and I can't tell you how much that meant to me, Eric, and, and that's something that I will never forget forget and you know I, i'm just indebted to you uh that that i've got you in my world here you know turn that phone off yeah but and you're a good, you're a good guy no one saw it you know i mean you, you and i've been through a lot growing up and you know i always knew the good the good tim yeah well now we got some great things going on you know um if if you're needing help you know, reach out, reach out, go, go to the web and check out Banyan Treatment Center. It's B-A-N-Y-A-N treatmentcenter.com. You can also reach them at one 844 banyan or you can check Man and Recovery Foundation out at www.amirf.org. You can reach us toll free at 844 Four six seven three. That's one eight four four six one one. Hope. Um, if you want to book Brandon Novak and I to come out and uh, speak in your high schools, why run another program called the Cop Kid and the Convict? We just partnered with Michael DeLeon for his Steered Straight program. You know, we're out here. We're doing real talk, but we're offering real solutions. There's a lot of people that'll come out and speak in your high school or your community, charge you an exorbitant amount of money, answer six questions and leave. We're not here to do that. We're coming in, we're speaking, we're offering tools for the solution, uh, whether it's cell phone monitoring software, computer software, drug (laughs) testing, but then we're there to help get people on the right road. So they don't have to live the way Novak and I did. Um, you know, Eric, what was it like 
knowing that your best friend's probably going to die? Well, it was heart-wrenching again. I mean, I, I knew the good Tim, and I just, I, be, not being an addict myself with anything, I mean, I, I just couldn't understand why you're doing this to yourself. I mean, people, again, I don't know what they know your history, but, you know, Tim was uh, ranked third third uh, best water skier in the country in high school. And, you know, he had a lot going for him. But then, God, I think around 15, like he said, he started getting into drugs and, and it just took over. Instead of practicing water skiing, he was trying to find, you know, the next bag of Coke or whatever. So you, you know, I, I, I understand it. I don't know if you remember that 78 Ford Fairmont I had, but I had a bumper sticker on it. It said, in search, in search of the eternal buzz. And that's what I w- was always looking for by staying altered. But I, for me today, um, I found that through, through living a life of recovery, uh, being honest, open-minded, willing to change, uh, to, to be able to go out to dinner with you and Scott the other night, Eric, and your, and your 13-year-old son and... I mean, what a what a gift! These are things I squandered and and I didn't want to do. And and for Novak, you know, he was in this weekend, and and we're gonna meet in Florida on Thursday for a management meeting, and go to a hockey game, and and spend some downtime, and and then it's go go go. But you know, I put in a hundred plus hours a week working, but to me, this isn't work. I get to deal hope. I get to to offer the help out there to people. But on the flip side, I'm the guy that gets a call saying, hey, Tim, my my son, my daughter just passed away. There was a mother on Facebook I'm friends with yesterday, her third child, her third child succumbed to a heroin overdose. And and this country isn't doing a fucking thing about it. We got 129 people a day. Brandon, are you able to talk about what you're going to be doing in L.A. in a couple weeks? No, not yet. But well, let's talk about it anyhow, because we do what the fuck we want. Nah, it's not a good idea, buddy. Man, well, Novak's got something pretty cool coming up his sleeve. And then uh, <clears throat> this Wednesday night in Naperville, Illinois, we got the Cop Kid and the Convict presentation. On the 14th, you're coming in back to Chicago, right, Novak, for the Cop Kid and the Convict in Aurora, right? Absolutely. And, uh, you know, we, we got more good things going on, but, uh, you know, the, the I, thing, I'm... And the, the thing that I like to add, too, is if you look at, you know, my bio or Tim's bio, you can see that the, the people are, are, are susceptible to listen to us because we're not, you know, an older man or woman up there reading out a textbook, giving you a bunch of theories or hypotheses. We've actually lived this. We, we've been through it, and, and we know what it's like to be casted as the person that will die from an addiction. So that, that gives us this added invested interest because we know the way up and out of that position. So like when people reach out to us, it's tangible. They've witnessed it. They, they've seen it in, in books, in TV, in press, uh, family members. Um, that, so they, they say, look, like if you guys can get it, there's no reason why we can't. And that's the truth. You know, in the program, it says some of us have to die for others to live. I agree with that. But, but in the era that we're living in now, I don't think it has to be that way anymore because it, it's, it's not a one size fits all. And that's one of the beautiful things about banging there, as you can uh, uh, explain a bit more on Tim, is that they offer several different solutions to, uh, 
uh, an addict or alcoholic's problem. I mean, you know I, I mean, I mean we, we got a Christian-based program. We offer 12-step. We offer uh, smart recovery. We offer refuge recovery, which is Buddhist-based. But also, we're also doing the holistic. We're, we're doing acupuncture, massage therapy, chiropractic, biofeedback beds, yoga, taking them out to the gym. We want to get their positive energies flowing. But ultimately, it's up to the person if they want to change or not. And some people, I had a very high pain threshold, Novak. For, for me to go to county jail for two to four weeks, two or three times a year, was just in the cards. You know, that's what yeah. I did. I'll get a lawyer. I'll buy my way out of this. So, you know, for me to go to Cook County Jail, I didn't care because I could get all the drugs I wanted to in there. Today, I don't think that way. I, I love what I'm doing. I, I love my life. Um, but, you know, my recovery comes first and foremost, as does yours. And I also want to mention uh, coming up in the next couple weeks, we're going to have uh, – one of our guests will be Suzette Papadakis, who is the executive clinical director of Banyan Treatment Center in, in Chicago. Uh, Suzette was just awarded the top clinical director in the state of Illinois. She helped write the DSM-5. She's EMR certified. She's a trauma specialist. Uh, she's one of 207 uh, Gothman certified counselors in, in the world. This lady is the shit. She's the best of the best. And we're also going to have Dr. Drew coming on the show. I, I was on the Steve Harvey show with Dr. Drew a little about a year ago, and we did an intervention with the gentleman. And I've become very close with Dr. Drew. I like what he's all about. Um, you know, we're, we're about abstinence. I'm not about Suboxone and Methadone. Uh, to me, those are crutches. Um, but, you know, people can have their opinions, do what works for you. But we do have some great people uh, lined up and coming on. But bottom line, we're just here to offer hope and, and answer questions and, and let people know they don't have to live this way. But what was the hardest thing for you, Novak, putting up your hand and saying I need some help? Yeah, the hardest thing for me, I think, looking back on my track record, was the fact that I couldn't leave rehab and go have one glass of wine with my then fiance. You know, I always thought that, you know, I won't shoot dope and coke. Uh, I'll stay away from the pills, but I can drink some wine. And, and I, I just, I, and that kind of went back with the lifestyle. I would leave rehab, I would go back on tour, I'd film, and I lived a very chaotic lifestyle, if you will. And I just didn't see how I would be able to perform without the use of drinks or drugs. I've, I've equated that into my everyday life for the past 24 years. So now I'm, I'm supposed to, like, get sober and, and not be able to write my book while drinking wine, not be able to film some skit for Jackass while, while being loaded, not be able to, like, perform in a nightclub and, and do an appearance and, and, and drink. Like, I, I, when I got sober, man, I was a stranger in my own skin, and, and I wondered why the fuck I let me in on a daily basis. But after doing the work, this is found the suggestions that, that the program suggested, like, my life got tremendously better. And it's like you said, you can leave a horse to water, but you can't make him drink. I, I had to go through what I went through to get to what I have now. Uh, and, and, you know, if you want what we have, you do what we do, and you can get what we got. It's that right. simple. Th and, that's and, what uh, it's... Go ahead. <laughs> go ahead, no say, back. Man, if, if anybody, you know, is struggling and wants to personally call me, they can, they can reach me and talk to me face-to-face. -face. At six one zero six three five nine zero nine two. 
you know, like yep. I, I and, and if, if you, if you want to, like, yep, you you can reach me at 844-611-4673. Uh, you can follow me, uh, Man in Recovery, on Twitter. I got a ton of Facebook groups. You know, Tim Ryan, Naperville, Illinois, you can follow me. I've got a Man in Recovery Foundation, Tim Ryan Motivational Speaker. Uh, I've got a closed group, Man in Recovery. Novak, how can they follow you? Uh, I'm on Instagram and Twitter and Facebook. I'm horrible with technology. I think it's Brandon it's Novak. Brandon, Brandon Novak. Underscore Novak. Yeah. Just search it. Yeah, that's what that's what CJ does. And you know, I want to give a shout out to to my mother, my father, uh, to Kirsten sitting at home with their little uh, bambino, Mackenzie, to Max Tanner and Abby, Nick flying above. Uh, Shannon, thanks for, for putting up with all my shit and sticking by my side. Um, how about you, Novak? You got a wonderful mother. Yeah, you know, I, I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for my mother, if it wasn't for the people in my life, the program, my God. You know, I, I, they say a grateful alcoholic will never drink again. And, and, and right now I'm sitting on the roof, uh, roof top deck that I have at my house, which I recently just purchased. And this is a guy that walked into treatment with eight scarves, two jackets, three socks, and a stick of deodorant. I'm now on my rooftop deck staring at the, 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 the city's skyline in Philadelphia. And, like, none of this would be possible without, you know, those people that never gave up on me. And I, I'm a firm believer, as long as the addict or alcoholic is still breathing, it's never too late. So yeah. like if, it, 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 if the breathing, right. it's not too late. Don't right. judgment and think the, the deal signed because it's not. Trust you me. I've seen me beat the odds. I've seen Tim beat the odds. I've seen countless other beat the odds on a daily basis. Yeah. Hey, Eric, are you still there? Yeah, I'm here. Hey, dude, I just want to tell you, Eric Kaluki I met in fourth grade when he had his Dexter hiking boots on and he liked to kick in lockers, um, has been one of <laughs> yeah. my best friends and, and has stuck by me through thick and thin. And, and I can count my true friends on one hand. I had a lot of acquaintances, but Eric, I, I love you more than you will ever know. I thank you for always being by my side. And... Uh, I'm glad that we can rock this journey together now and, and and be able to go out to dinner and shit. I actually bought dinner. Go figure that one. That's uh oh, yeah, that's kinda <laughs> that's kinda crazy. But you know, I couldn't wait to get to Eric's house because he always had a good bar. But we don't have to live that way anymore. Uh Novak, I, I appreciate you calling in, brother. Keep doing what you're doing. Uh I'm gonna see you down in Florida uh Thursday. Down at Banyan Treatment Center. Are we going to give some hope to some people down there, Novak? Absolutely, man. Together we stand, divided I die. You know, and, and yesterday's history doesn't have to dictate tomorrow's future, man. It doesn't. So, what's your, what, what, hey, Sugar Magnolia, what's your famous saying for me? Uh, of you? Yeah. <laughs> uh, from dope to hope. <laughs> one time. What's the other one? Treatment or die? Treatment or die, motherfucker. Yeah, see, Tim and I have a very different approach, but really yield the same results because that's the reality. But we're just two different people that go about things two different ways. Uh, You know, and it's cool. It works for both of us. And that's beautiful. Two totally different people from two totally different worlds trying to obtain the same goal, which is sobriety, 
peace and freedom from active addiction. You know what I mean? And, and, and that's just the thing. It's power in numbers, man. Yes, it's power it is. in numbers. Yes, it is. Well, I, Tim, Tim yes, real quick, we got 30. Something really quick. I mean, yep. I don't know, Brandon. I mean, I just met him on the phone here, but if you can do it, anybody can do it. Because you've been to hell and back ten times, and so anybody listening, there is hope. Thank you, thank you. Well, this has been our first episode of A Man in Recovery Radio, taking people from dope to hope. I am Tim Ryan, your host. One addict at a time. Treatment or die. I'd like to thank Brandon Novak. I'd like to thank my dear friend, Eric Kaluki. We love you all. We'll be on next week with uh, Suzette Papadakis, our executive clinical director of Banyan Treatment Center. You need help, reach out. Have a great day. There is hope. Check. This has been a Man in Recovery Radio from Dope to Hope. Please join Tim Ryan again next Monday at 7 a.m. Pacific Time, 9 a.m. Central Time, and 10 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel for another edition of our program. And remember, there is always a future, always hope.